Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Welcome back to the Addiction Connection. Yes, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome to 2021. This would be our... Thank God. <laughs> I am through with 2020. So today... Although this is going to be playing on Kylie's birthday. She'll, she's six today. Perfect. Today we're going to be <laughs> talking about microdosing for induction with uh, buprenorphine, something that has become more and more popular. And I'm going to be doing it actually a little bit differently because I'm going to do this as an echo program and the Echo slide deck actually has a little Star Wars stuff to it. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, pretty talented there. <laughs> that was that was all me and my technology. <laughs> anyway. So, so, so do you want to discuss why this has become a thing? Yeah, microduction, you know, the question, you know, to do it or not to do it, you know, that is the question, Dr. Bell. And uh, I think in the words of Yoda... He said, adventure, excitement. A Jedi craves not these things. And this can be exciting sometimes when we do inductions and they don't go like you plan and you get the precipitated withdrawal. Right, like the excitement you don't want. You're sweating and your heart's racing and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I need to call somebody smarter than me. So Kurt usually calls me. (laughs) <laughs> yep, and I, then I went right by you and called everyone else. And and like if anybody out there is taking care of a patient that's went into precipitated withdrawal, and I encountered this when we had not yet been seeing fentanyl, and uh, clearly I was not told that he was taking fentanyl, and it was pretty exciting. And so we're trying to avoid that. And so really, why is microinduction really an issue? Well, one of the things now is is fentanyl is such such a common thing now and i would have to say it's more common now than heroin where we are Uh, and it's in things you wouldn't think like people buy pressed pills that are they think are xanax so anyway a lot of people using fentanyl yeah and of course sometimes just switching people from methadone to buprenorphine can be a real issue because of how long you have to if well if you do it traditionally and it's you've got to put them into a pretty bad withdrawal and it takes days sometimes two three days and, of course, it's just the unknown. You, we don't know what's in these pressed pills. And sometimes, depending on where you are, your urine screening may not be as helpful. Right. So, you know, a lot of urine screens don't have fentanyl on them or don't have kratom or tineptine, all these things that we've talked about in the past that look and act like opioids that could potentially cause some issues. And, you know, sometimes it's always that question of do you do the induction when you get a urine drug screen that doesn't show any opioids? Yeah, and I think in the past we'd be like, well, they're not really even taking heroin. But the reality is either the heroin had kind of washed out and they were in withdrawal or... They weren't taking heroin. They were, they were taking <laughs> fentanyl. And and that's uh, actually just happened to me. I had uh, two people right in a row, uh, and they were related, and they had urines that showed nothing, and they were taking pressed pills. And my assumption was that it was fentanyl. And uh, fortunately I was right because it took like three days to get that back. I mean, out in the country here, we send those off by horse and buggy to the big city. <laughs> the Pony Express. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the Pony Express got slowed down. 
And so I think that's really the key is what do we do when we get a urine that doesn't show anything? Do we assume that it's fentanyl and do we take care of that patient a different way? And of course, in my talk, precipitated withdrawal in Star Wars terms would be, well, Darth Vader. The dark side. The dark side. Precipitated withdrawal. It's the dark star. No, it's the death star. Death star. Okay, yeah, I put that's these what I said. slides death together star. for him, and he said dark star every time it's death star, and then it's like a, a star something ship. My 11-year-old had to tell me all these things about Star Wars. All right, the death star. There you go. Okay. So how does this all set up? How do, how do we... Stormtroopers. Yeah, tons, <laughs> tons of stormtroopers. You know, it's that long-term exposure really to an opioid and it's developing that tolerance. And so that's kind of the part of the setup is you, if, if you're going to put somebody in precipitated withdrawal, typically they're on an opioid, especially a very potent opioid like fentanyl right. for a long period of time and have significant tolerance. Significant tolerance. And when you're building tolerance, you actually, your body is trying to keep that homeostasis. And so it actually upregulates and increases the number of opioid receptors there are. It kind of multiplies like those stormtroopers. Yes, thousands of stormtroopers. So here's the setup, the cast. You know, I mean, let's face it, buprenorphine, if we had to make that a cast member, well, it'd be Luke Skywalker. It's the good guy. Or, right? you know, yeah. Okay. Save the anyway, day. Save the save day. Save the day. Save the day. Buprenorphine oh. and, you know, of course, a long half-life. And I think, more importantly, a very high affinity for the mu receptors. But it also, because it's that partial agonist, it doesn't activate that mu receptor the same way as the full agonist, you know, like the heroin, the fentanyl, the methadone. So that's that's the key to some of this precipitated withdrawal is that it's got a high affinity, but it doesn't activate it yeah. as much. And then the next one would be methadone, which often is one that we can see precipitated withdrawal. Often, again... Um, People, I've had some situations that I've helped with where people did not tell people they were on methadone and started on buprenorphine, uh, fairly significant doses, and went into precipitated withdrawal. So in our Star Wars work up here, we're, we're calling methadone kind of half good, half evil, because, you know, it's it's good because it's got that long half-life, but it's kind of bad because it's got that high affinity. And so Star Wars lingo, again, this would be Kylo, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Sometimes good. Sometimes bad. He's got a red lightsaber. And of course, last but not least, fentanyl. The dark side. The dark side. And, you know, it, it's an interesting drug, really, when we look at it, because, of course, fentanyl can hang around your body a long time, but that's really dependent on taking it daily. So if we look at, uh, we look at people who are using daily fentanyl, and we've seen quite a few lately, uh, it's lipophilic. And so we'll end up really being able to you know, have fentanyl and metabolites for days and days and days, even seven, eight, nine days. So it can be really interesting how that can hang around. Now, if you have people who are using it IV or snorting it and they're not using it every single day, well, the half-life in your system can be much, or excuse me, not the half-life, the total elimination time can be much less, maybe a half a day or two or three days even. So it's a little bit different. Fentanyl, or methadone, excuse me, well, <laughs> methadone, I'm like getting all confused. Fentanyl is just very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you talk about the elimination of the fentanyl versus norfentanyl? I did not. So obviously fentanyl has some, you know, metabolites. And so the norfentanyl can actually hang around almost seven full days. And so just, again, adding to what Kurt said, um, 
you know, it's a little bit more complicated here. I'm going to try to do one more soundtrack for you. What is that? I am your father. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had to add some Darth Vader. So North Fentanyl said that to Fentanyl? No, no I was saying Darth Vader said that to Luke. Remember, the, the, yes. did you not? Okay. I'm not really even sure whose father was who. But <laughs> one of them. So to continue kind of the setup for a precipitate withdrawal, the next thing you really need is that, that potent opioid with high activation, right? So, of course, again, that's that's fentanyl. Uh, a highly activated... Uh, Mu receptor, and uh, and of course, it's the displacement of that that causes us all of the issues. So then, when you have that bound tightly and it's super activating, the next step would be when you give them that buprenorphine, which has a stronger affinity for that receptor, but has less of that activation. Now you're in withdrawal, and that's like the the dark star blowing up. Boom! Boom! So I think really the, the dark star or the death star. I'm sorry, it's the Death Star. Do I keep saying Dark Star? <laughs> you do. Why? Is there another show with a Dark Star? Because if there I, is, I don't know it. I don't know. I just know that the Dark Star or dark Death Star, Lego said, is like 500 bucks. So, 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 I, yeah, so, <laughs> I, so I, I guess the big thing is how do we avoid this, right? How are we going to avoid this precipitated withdrawal? We use the force. We use it. Yeah. We, we'd love to use the force, but I think we're going to have to go with science. Calling Yoda, you will. Yes, yes, I'm going to call Yoda. So if, let's talk a little bit about the kind of the normal induction and what people call a microdosing induction. And so again, the, the typical induction, you know, we're seeing these shorter acting opioids and again, less activating than fentanyl. Um, and we're letting them wash out, right? Usually four or five half-lives and it washes out enough that the person is in withdrawal. We, you know, and it doesn't have to be that florid withdrawal, which... It can look like if you gave them Narcan or you put them into precipitated withdrawal. It's just, you know, that whole cow score of, you know, 10 or so. Um, they're Some people uncomfortable. say 13. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, they're not feeling great. But that's when you kind of just start the buprenorphine. Yeah. little. And, you know, I think always when we teach students to, one of the things we really, we really point out is how important it is to look at the things that patients, where, where it's not subjective. Right. Like objective. So it would be objective. Their pupils, their sweating. Their heart rate. Their heart rate. You cannot fake a fast heart rate. Well, well, they could do a bunch of jumping jacks. Well, you're out of the room. The pupils, I guess. So in that normal induction, of course, they've already washed out their short-acting opioid. And, and basically their mu receptors are sitting there just wanting for something, right? So buprenorphine, of course. It's that partial agonist. So it binds those receptors. Again, binds very, very tightly, but it's less activating. Yeah, and so by by the fact that you can really attach enough of the bup to those receptors, you can take away most of those symptoms. And most of those patients, I think we all have seen where they will come in looking pretty ill and they will leave feeling actually pretty well. And that's generally what's happening when we see these shorter-acting opioids that are a little less activating. And I think the key is that they've washed out. Their yep. receptors are open and waiting yep. versus, you know, precipitated withdrawal when those receptors are still quite bound um, yep. by a lot of that highly activating yep. fentanyl. Or- so imagine if you will, just just in your mind, Heather, I know you can't do this because you haven't got that, <laughs> that kind of a mind, but sure. just imagine you had four mu receptors that are just, right now, fentanyl is just wildly attacked to them. 
did I say attacked? You I, should, I was I'm still thinking it Star Wars. I'm thinking Star Wars attacking. They're attached to it. And suddenly buprenorphine comes whipping in, high affinity for those receptors, pushes off all of your fentanyl. Not good. Not good. Darth Vader. That's bad. Yep. And so basically you're pushing all of the fentanyl off, or at least more than you would like, and suddenly you do not have the activation, and we are in precipitated withdrawal. So again, it's that less activation that leads us to all of those all of those withdrawal symptoms. And in a way, yeah, we're simplifying this a bit so that Heather can understand. <laughs> but I think that, uh, you know, it's, you have to look at that fairly simple. This is just kind of the way that we visualize this. So now the theory, if you will, behind this whole microdosing, this microinduction is to kind of bridge that. So you're going to gently start pushing off the... Um, the fentanyl, you're going to gradually do that because again, the buprenorphine will attach very tightly, just not activating. So you're just going to kind of gradually start it um, as the normal body metabolism of that fentanyl um, kind of takes care of itself. So it's that you're still allowing for some washout, but yet you're gradually putting the buprenorphine in there. So yeah. the titration. So imagine if you will, again, those four receptors, Heather, try and visualize this in your mind. Please don't close your eyes if you're driving. (laughs) Yes. And buprenorphine comes smashing in there and just removes one of those four fentanyls. And the person maybe has a little bit of, you know, a little bit of sensation of withdrawal. But then later on, maybe hours later, you also give them another tiny dose. And now two of those, I'm going slow enough for you? Yes. Okay. And now two of those receptors are taken up by buprenorphine. So again, we're slowly just going to displace them, as she said. But I, I'm trying days. to get people to visualize it. Yeah, so we're doing this over a couple, two, three days. You know, because, you know, the heroin half-life is so quickly. It yeah. goes away so quickly. That came out funny. Whereas fentanyl, like we had said, you know, minutes ago, um, can take that five days. So you're wanting to do this gradual titration over days. Yeah. And there's, you know, at the end of this, I'll kind of... Uh, throw out a couple of the different references we use because again this i think the most important thing to understand is that the evidence that really supports these methods you know apart from a lot of case studies is is pretty limited and and obviously there's going to need to be a lot more studies uh that include probably you know randomized controlled trials and and figure out what works best and how and what the safety of this is but i would have to say that most of the addiction people that we that we work with have kind of shifted a little bit towards a much more slow, low-dose titration to avoid issues with fentanyl. Well, and I think along those lines is I think this is just kind of becoming the norm for a while just because of all the fentanyl out there that you're not aware of. And I think this is a great time for people to study this just because people are afraid of causing that precipitated withdrawal because, you know, sometimes you can ask a patient while they're using fentanyl and they they can tell you they know their heroin has fentanyl in it or they know they're using just straight fentanyl, but sometimes they don't. And so I think this can be that gradual doing research as you're kind of just afraid of it. Yeah, and as as an example, that was easy for me to say, as an example, uh, this is actually from the microdosing of buprenorphine for induction parentheses, the Bernice method. Uh, this was actually done by Cho, C-H-O, uh, just uh, recently, uh, within the last year or two. And he actually put out some of the different variations to the Bernice method. Um, and, and really the common dosing 
uh, for induction starts low. It can be as low as 0.5 milligrams of buprenorphine and lower. Uh, and there's some of these uh, different uh, uh, different uh, methods as well using inpatient IV buprenorphine, which are much lower. But uh, basically they're starting uh, sometimes at 0.25 for a day, and then on day two going to 0.25 twice a day, and then on the third day going to 0.5 twice a day. Uh, and so just slowly going up, uh, and actually in, not until day seven and eight, getting up to 12 milligrams. So it's this slow, uh, slow increase to slowly replace the, the fentanyl. Now, it's interesting that there's been uh, people who actually allow the patients to continue using their, uh, their drug of choice. And so even when they're using that, you're slowly with the buprenorphine pushing it off, and pretty soon they're having no effect. I think there's a couple different ways to do that, but I think that's one of the ways people have have looked at this method. Wow. Yeah. That was good. A lot of research without much findings of research, but I think, again, this is a huge thing that's coming out. And so... um, And actually, in that article, I just... uh, The microdosing of buprenorphine for induction, there's actually three different uh, methods that they're using. Interesting, in British Columbia, they've done a lot of this uh, a lot of this and a number of the papers that I looked at were actually from there. Uh, just to give you a couple other uh, references you could look up, there was a paper, Rapid Microinduction of Buprenorphine Slash Naloxone for Opioid Use Disorder in an Inpatient Setting. That's a case series by Dr. Clare. And uh, there's also a very good one, uh, The Use of Microdoses for Induction of Buprenorphine Treatment with Overlapping Full Opioid Agonist, the Bernice Method. Uh, that was uh, actually by uh, Kenter and Strasser. And Hamig. All right, nobody wrote those down, but okay. <laughs> no, no, they're writing them down right now. So, so, so there. So, please, if this is something that you're going to look at, uh, we would just encourage you to pull the recent papers and look at this. We're only presenting this as something that has more currently been used, and to let people know about it, um, and to be aware that in a lot of these studies, these patients were inpatient. They did some of this with great monitoring, so. Just use caution. Yeah, and there's also um, some caution in some of these papers that said that the people that were doing this and that were actually kind of pioneering this are people with extensive uh, experiment, no ex- experimentation, no ex- <laughs> extensive experience. Wow. Uh, in buprenorphine uh, and methadone, so please keep that in mind. But microdosing, uh, kind of an interesting uh, new thing that we're seeing a lot more. All right, so with that, um, we will have Battle Legs take over, and we will chat at you next week. I went to the pub, just about three. The waitress smiled, and she winked at me. She said, here is my number, you should drop on by. I said, please, could you get me the waffle fries? With mustard! A man came to my table and he dropped his card. He said, boy, I'm an agent. You could go far. They'd pay a fortune just to see your face. I said, if you could get me a Diet Coke, that'd be great. I got the highest charisma in the land. Just six after six going out of my hand. No one cares about your other scores. My intelligence is eight and my wisdom is four.
all about looks and charm My face looks great and my voice is warm Let the wizards fell and the warriors fight They're not taking home a lady tonight And I'm taking home a lady tonight I gathered myself, it was time to leave When and walked a maiden I'd never seen With her hair in curls and her eyes in green She was the prettiest girl that I ever seen She said forget the drinks and she grabbed my hair You and I will make the perfect pair Carry me home and come to bed with me I said I wish I could laugh but my strength is three I got the highest charisma in the land Just six after six falling out of my hand No one cares what your other scores My intelligence is eight and my wisdom is four All my saving throws are also bad. 